to the Robert Hunt Financial Market Update. It's your favorite host, Robert Hunt, where I take the week's financial news. That can be confusing, misleading, and take us off course. And I make it actionable, understandable, and clear. What a fun show we have for you today. In this week's episode, we are going to look at what other financial advisors think you should do. And surprise, surprise, or not, I don't like any of it, basically. And then we also have a famous short seller, man named Jim Chenos, who's talking about the dangers of China and to what degree their financial problems could affect you and could affect me. And then I take a trip down memory lane. We do a financial history lesson. I went back for this week's show and I looked at 2002 and 2012 and 1992, 10-year chunks to see what, what were they saying then the news about financial prospects for the future. Because today, as you can imagine, the time for the easy investor has ended, right? Uh, the, everyone who thought investing was easy, they have been sobered up to the reality that volatility and uncertainty is part and parcel of the investing game. And so it was cathartic for me to look back in, at these other times in history, and I hope the same is true for you. So let's start it off with a CNBC article headline. This is, uh, this week it says, we have to be defensive. Here are year-end strategies from advisors amid volatility, rate hikes, and inflation. The article continues, it's been a nerve-wracking year for investors with ongoing stock market volatility, high inflation, interest rate hikes. Many wonder if we're headed for a prolonged economic downturn. I think we have to be defensive, said certified financial planner Ivory Johnson, founder of Delancey Wealth Management in Washington, DC. While it's impossible to predict exactly what will happen, Financial advisors are preparing clients for whatever may be on the horizon. And whenever I read things like this, I say, uh-oh. Here come the market timers, disguised as economists and soothsayers of the financial future. So uh, anytime articles like this come across your feed and you read them, uh, you have to ask yourself, huh, number one, where were these articles last year? Why, why did no one warn me about the downturn prior to the downturn? Why, why does everyone get scared after the downturn? Hmm. And so this article uh, continues and just warns, as you know, no surprise here, that um, this is Lee Baker, a CFP and owner of Apex Financial Services in Atlanta, quotes, the question for the markets becomes how much progress towards the 2% goal, that's Jerome Powell's inflation goal, Fed chair, needs to be made before they take their foot off the rate increase pedal Secondarily, just how much pain will there be on the way? So we're about to get into market timing here. And here it is. Here, here, here's a quote that uh, you should, should pique your interest the most and uh, make you run for the hills. The quote here is, this isn't the year to try and kill it. Huh. With two negative quarters of economic growth, there's an ongoing debate about whether the U.S. has dipped into a recession. But this is Ivory Johnson. Um, has warned clients about the possibility of more volatility, pointing to the Fed's rate hikes. He has purchased gold, utilities, and consumer stables while increasing cash and reducing technology positions. Here's the quote. This isn't the year to try and kill it, Johnson added. You just want to limit the damage right now. I find this to be very bad financial advice. It does a couple things. One, puts your puts clients into a fever pitch. Two, it creates complexity 
three, if the client believes that this is possible, you can kind of move into gold at a good time, sell out of gold, move into cash at the right time, get out of cash. We're going to rotate into utilities, go into consumer staples. That makes sense. You're ignoring things like gravity. It is that absurd. When I say gravity, that's this immutable, immutable law of nature that everyone on this podcast agrees with. If you jump off a 10-foot high bridge, you will fall. Similarly, markets are efficient. There's robust data on this and low-cost wins. It is clear that rotating in and out of various categories in whatever asset class is not to the benefit of the investor. At times, it can be seen as a benefit to the advisor. It can uh, justify higher fee structures as well as create a posture of dependency because it's kind of like the Wizard of Oz. I'm not sure quite how he does it, but the fire comes out of his mouth and it sounds, sounds ominous. Well, we can sometimes, if we don't have that basic level of instruction, we can listen to things like that and say, well, gosh, yeah, maybe I need to make sense to me, right? makes sense to me, but it uh, violates the law of gravity, violates investing principles. So there were some good things, though. Can't can't just Monday morning quarterback them all day long. I got to look up here and say, well, uh, they say series I bond still a tremendous opportunity. I agree. These are these, I've talked about these before, these um, inflation protected uh, bonds that yield 9.62% through October. They're, they link to inflation. You'd lock your money up. But So there you go. You can do that, but uh, I've been seeing more articles like this where advisors, CFPs, are coming on and saying, hey, uh, let's make all these changes and do all these moves in light of current events. I think that's absurd. I really am shocked that, I don't know what, I don't know what they teach on that CFP stuff sometimes, but that, uh, that is just not good, and you should avoid it. Mr. Jim Chenos. So this is a famous short seller. This is an article... Uh, where he uh, discusses the problems with China. So Jim Chano says this is the biggest investing story that no one's talking about. Beneath all the clamor over Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the efforts to tamp down inflation, investors are largely passing over a huge story in China, famed short seller Jim Chano said Wednesday. So uh, what he says, he says, if what is going on in the world, whether it's Russia-Ukraine, whether it's central banks losing control, whatever it might be, we're weren't happening right now. I think what would be happening in the Chinese real estate market would be front and center for investors, said Chanison, co-founder, Wednesday on the Delivering Alpha Conference in New York. Whenever something like this happens, it's good to know who, who's saying this. Okay, fame, short seller. So oftentimes, folks like this, and he, Jim Chanis has done well in the past, short selling. He's also messed up. But they see calamity everywhere. That's their job. Okay? It's like uh, the credit department at a bank. Their job is to look for the holes in the plot and to say no to the sales department. Turn down the loan. Okay. Few people lose their jobs turning down loans. Short sellers see problems everywhere. When we hear about something like this, and here's your, here's the scary quote. Ready? Um, you have to, this is the end of the article, you have to understand that like Tokyo, so he's talking about Japanese firms, almost every large company in China has a real estate development arm. So it's not just the developers, he said. This is endemic to the whole economy there, and I think that we ignore it at our own peril. Boom. Boom. Okay. You've got our attention. We feel conviction. The pastor, you know, Jonathan Edwards style, it's, uh, you know, sinners in the hands of an angry God, investors who are ignorant, who are ignoring China at their own peril. This very night, right, we could lose all of our money if 
if China implodes, so the pastor Jim Chenos would tell us. But is it true? Is it worth making decisions on? Now, that first article we read, they might say, yeah, okay, let's, let's prognosticate here. Let's figure out where the puck's going, Wayne Gretzky style, and make a decision with your portfolio based on China. But as you would suspect, I'm going to say, eh, nope, bad idea, bad idea. So, again, one of those immutable laws of nature, we talked about gravity, Markets are really efficient. They're not always right, but they're really efficient, ruthlessly efficient. I feel like one of the best things investors could do if they were to study a certain aspect of the market is the efficiency of the market. So in China, things can be opaque and the government can be involved to a high degree. But where you might be exposed to this situation, maybe uh, if you own the total stock market index, you have shares of Chinese companies in a sense, American depository receipts or just financial contagion. There is nothing to predict here or play here. This is a story in China that could be true. It might not be true, but it's been going on for years, decades even. So when, when, when you hear a famous short seller, and you will a lot lately, a lot of these folks are raising money. So whenever markets hit these volatile and drops and folks like this come out of the woodwork, pitching ideas, because guess what? They're in the business of raising funds, and not just Jim Chenis. He may not be even raising funds right now. It's, it's plenty of others. So you got you to gotta ignore this stuff. You got to push through it. You got to realize that nothing's actionable here as an investor. Going to cash, as, as much of a stuffed animal as that might be, no good, no bueno. And that leads us into our final article, which is really a series of articles. So I went back. I got on the Google machine and I went back and I want to say, what were people predicting in various time periods? And I thought, oh, let's just do 10 year chunks. 92, 02, 12. All right. So we're going back right now. We're in 2022. So we're, so let's start in 92. How were people feeling? So I just, here we go. Washington Post, 1992. Wall Street analysts peer ahead for market trends in 92. Now, this is Stan Hinden wrote this December 30th, 1991. So I was six years old. I probably read this back then. I've just forgotten the article. Ha ha. What's ahead for investors in 92? Will the recession deepen or will the economy begin to recover? Will interest rates go lower or start to climb back up? What will happen to inflation? And how will the stock and bond markets deal with all this uncertainty? Now, does this sound like 1991 or does this sound like 2022? Got to put your eyeglasses on here and say, nope. People were actually talking like this in 91 as we turned it to 92. And here we have some predictions. Don Hayes, Director of Investment Strategy at Wheat First Securities for Richmond. The stock market, despite its recent uncertainty, should have another excellent year in 92 as the current worries about the economic recovery begin to resolve in a positive light. So he's willing to push through it. Uh, and he says they're valuing today's market using a P.E. ratio based upon depressed earnings. So we should be looking up. Uh, Greg Smith, investment strategist with Prudential, says as people come to grips with a mediocre recovery and low inflation, one surprise may be that the market leadership remains just the same. Here he goes. Leadership has come predominantly from the very large consumer and healthcare stocks and from the broader market. I sense that a lot of investors are anxious to find something else, fearing that these stories have played too long and the valuations of the stocks are too high. Hmm. Cy Harding, the president of Cy Harding Investor Forecast in Palm Coast, Florida. Man, he's person I'd most like to meet in this article. He seems like a character. 
We expect the elusive economic recovery will not begin until mid-92. Oh, okay, do the previous false starts this year. Hmm, 91, we expect the market, which looks three to six months into the future, will be reluctant and a little slow to foresee the actual recovery. But we'll begin to foresee it with higher prices. Hmm. And on and on. So this article keeps going with predictions. The risk at this juncture is that inflationary expectations will be heightened by further monetary easing or tax cut. Either way, the outlook for bond prices is not good. So this is... This is the end of 91, end of 92. And they're, they are plagued by the same questions. Well, let's go back. Was 92 a good year to invest, class? Think about it. Was 92 a good year to invest? Do you think it was? Well, the astute listener will probably say, man, it, it probably was. Because 92, I mean, that was that was actually just before the 90s. That was before the big the big boom. So I can go back to, oh, my, my data's not perfect. I can go back to the end of 92. End of 92, uh, so over the next seven years, the market's up 240% from this article. Could be up more. My data didn't go back far enough. But 240%. That doesn't always happen, but that, seven years later from this article. Now, when I read this article, I wouldn't have had that confidence because guess what? If it bleeds, it leads. If it bleeds, it leads. Let's see what else. Let's see other time periods throughout history here. My computer will work with me. Okay. 2002. Here we go. This is an ABC News article. 2002. Uh, they're looking back on how people pred predicted things. 2002 was not a year for optimists on Wall Street. One of the biggest optimists, optimists was Abby Joseph Cohen, the investment strategy for Goldman Sachs who predicted the rise of the Dow in the late 90s. Earlier this year, she predicted the Dow would finish at 11,300 in 2002, and she was wrong. With the Dow around 8,500, it would take a Christmas miracle for even that prediction to hold. Prosperity will return. So people are saying, I continue to believe when we finish this year, we're going to be operating at a rate of 3 to 3.5% real growth. Paul O'Neill, this um, former Treasury Secretary Paul O'Neill says, the housing boom is over. Hmm. Housing market made history. With new home sales soaring. This is 2002 again. Soaring to the highest monthly level on record in November. I think the housing market is going to be more on the flat side this year. I think the benefits on the big drop in interest rates really are behind us, not ahead of us. Okay. And then uh, these are predictions gone wrong for 02. George Soros. Uh, he bought 2 million shares of United Airlines and then went bankrupt. So this article in 02 is telling you, hey, housing gains are behind us. Uh, stock predictions that were optimistic failed. So when you read this, gosh, do you really think this is a... Should we be doing anything with the stock market? Well, 02, you, five years later, you're up 30%. Uh, but on the negative side, you're seven years later. If we time it, you're down. You're down thirty percent. And then, you know, date to present, you're up two hundred and sixteen percent. Oh two, okay, two thousand and two. Now let's just see what happens when we go to 2012.
Linda Stern article, uh, Reuters, a lot of people are predicting more of the same for 2012. Another year of stock market volatility, high unemployment, banking industry upheaval, weak housing, and more talk about Facebook, mobile commerce, 401k plans and taxes. It's easier to imagine the European economic situation getting better or worse in 2012. What does all this mean for your wallet? Here are the financial predictions for 2012. Banks and other financial institutions don't have much to offer in the way of interest rates, so they're turning to services to win customers. Interesting. You'll be courted by banks, so put money in banks. Safety stocks may not be the safe, safest. Recovery stocks may recover. Stay dividend pairs have already been bid up. Ooh, a little too high, and the consumer essentials like toilet paper and toothpaste may give way to recovery-type companies. Again, this is 2012. You'll charge more and debit less. Housing may bottom. Real estate pros believe we have at least six more months of falling flat home prices. Hmm. Cheaper investment advice will grow in availability. Prophetic for Robert Hunt Financial. Thank you for that. 2012. Prices may rise. Predicting inflation is always tricky, but investors are now buying treasury inflation protected securities. These tips at negative yields. That's because they believe inflation will take off. Boosting the adjustable rates on those bonds. Other bonds could suffer if prices and rates rise. Of course. But most financial savants were predicting that last year too. And 2011 was a Good year for bond buyers. And this article ends well. It says, the takeaway, the future is unknowable, diversify and wait. Love it. So let's give them some credit. So what this sort of exercise did for me is it made me realize what's in the headlines today has kind of always been in the headlines. Concerns over the Federal Reserve, concerns over inflation, concerns over geopolitics, concerns over prices of securities. Listening or acting on any of this would have been a bad idea. 2002, if you went to cash, you would have regretted it. 2012, you go to cash, you regret it. 92, you go to crash, cash, you regret it. Because if you go back, you say, okay, Robert, you did it for the other one. What's the 2012? It's going to be good. It's going to be good. 2012 to present, up 157%. So, in all instances, you are rewarded for not going down the rabbit trail with all these other folks. So as always, keep those costs low. Keep that investing simple. Keep that time horizon long. That's what's going to serve you best. Look forward to having you listen in in the future.